Welcome back to another episode of The Silent Battle. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. I'm really excited for this segment today. Again, I'm your host, Erica Honeycutt, and today I will be interviewing Albert Pedroza. Albert is from San Antonio, Texas, and he had unclassified interstitial lung disease. However, he had a double lung transplant in May of last year, 2022, and is doing wonderful. Today, he is going to share his raw and candid story about his journey with unclassified interstitial lung disease and his double lung transplant and how he managed his symptoms with his ILD and how he is now adjusting to his new lungs. Also, he will give us some tips, if he has any, on what may help you all out there to live life more easily if you are battling the same or similar disease. Let's get started. Welcome, Albert. Thank you for being part of the Silent Battle podcast today. Hi, Erica. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. Albert, can you again tell our listeners what the name of your disease was and share your story with us regarding when this disease showed up in your life? Um, in 2016, when I first got diagnosed, I was told I had scarred lungs. Mm-hmm. But it could have been from untreated pneumonia years ago or being exposed to asbestos while in the military. I was told it wasn't anything to worry about, but something they would monitor over the years. So when I first got diagnosed, nobody knew. It was just scarred lungs. Wow. I can understand that. I know um, that's kind of similar to my story um, because I had, I have, or I had nonspecific interstitial pneumonia. And when I was first diagnosed, I had scarred lungs and didn't know, you know, how they became scarred at all. They just, you know, it just came out of nowhere. Uh, one of the things that they considered was um, looking at my family history. My grandmother died of lupus, uh-huh. which is a blood disease. I have cousins that have rheumatoid arthritis so within this family of this disease are is a a rheumatoid arthritis lupus uh, there's some other smaller diseases Mm -hmm. and then there's uh interstitial lung disease or interstitial lung yeah i'm sorry interstitial lung disease which all fall within that that category very closely so there are certain markers when blood work is done that point to these things and help doctors determine how they can categorize it almost all of those points match except for one so it kind of left a little open-ended question for them and they weren't sure what it was it definitely wasn't lupus because I didn't have any of the symptoms that lupus has Mm -hmm. that's why it left uh, uncategorized unclassified well, that was my next question. What symptoms did you have in the beginning? Um, I first realized something was off when my son and I were hiking in Crater Lake, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, I always led, but that day my son had a bee on me. Um, I was huffing and puffing. It had nothing to do with the altitude or mm-hmm. the steepness because we were no strangers to hiking or steep climbs. That was just kind of a way of life for us. We spent our summers hiking in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when our vacation was over that I decided to go visit my doctor and bring up the situation. And that was when um, we had uh, CT scans done, x-rays, and it showed um, that I had scarred lungs. Um, yeah, it was... The, the very first sign was the huffing and puffing. Like, I, I knew something was off. Yeah. And, and, you know, everybody knows your body. Um, exactly. Uh, I, you know, I had been 
hiking for years, so I, I, I just knew something was off. Like it, it wasn't, it didn't settle right with me, and I, and I wanted to get some answers. Right. And you know, once you were diagnosed, which you know, you really. Well, you were diagnosed with unclassified, you know, lung disease because they don't really know what what caused it. But um, how did you manage your your symptoms and what medicines were you taking to try to to manage the ILD? Um, at first, I didn't take anything, and it wasn't until twenty eighteen that I started on prednisone and Celsept. Mm -hmm. um, things were okay then, but I could tell it wasn't a hundred percent. Right. But I, I'm, you know, determined. I pressed on. Uh, but in 2020, uh, while working, I felt the worst that I had in a long time. Completely gassed, struggling to breathe. Yeah. Um, two days later, I checked into the hospital ER and was admitted immediately. Uh, my lungs were exasperated. Uh, the doctor suggested I stay overnight for observation. Mm -hmm. Ended up being five days. Um, Wow. It was upon my release, the doctor suggested that I get on the lung transplant list because the condition of my lungs had worsened. So I was like a huge eye-opener for me. Um, it was something that, you know, you hear about, but you never consider, like, me needing a transplant. Like, right. I always thought that was like some, you know, high science stuff, you know, and here I am, you know, considering going on the transplant list right yeah I, I mean I I completely relate with you um when did the disease well I know well you kind of just told told us you know when did it when the disease took a turn towards double lung transplant um so the day after I was released I met with the transplant team mm -hmm. uh, and learned everything that I needed that needed to be done to get on the list um, for those that don't know, it's not just a list you sign up for. Right. It's numerous tests, lab work, both physical and mental exams to, to ensure you're fit for the process. Yeah. I was at 66% lung capacity when I started the process. One month later, it decreased to 33%, and that was the most significant drop in lung function ever. Yeah. Um, that was when, like, it, it kind of needed to happen soon and we yes. were all feeling pressed to make it happen yes um how do you feel now with your double lung transplant <laughs> um the day after my transplant i was uh like i mentioned earlier i was i was moving uh, i was no longer intubated and was walking uh, doctors were extremely impressed with the recovery i had done exactly like they asked to ensure a healthy and speedy recovery um, and this is all despite being limited, you know, with breathing and functioning. Mm -hmm. needless, to say, needless to say, 11 months later, I feel great. Not 100%, but more like 85%. Uh, I'm getting better and better with each day. That's amazing. It's, it's, it's so amazing. I'm so excited for you. Um, what challenges have you faced physically and mentally Um since transplant and with ILD what you know I'd, I'd like I'd like to know what challenges you face physically and mentally with ILD as well uh, the biggest challenge I've had since my transplant was or is my sternum because mm -hmm. I was up and walking the day after my surgery it just wasn't enough time 
to allow my sternum to heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was way too active to be laying down and not moving. It still hasn't settled. It shifts ever so slightly at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy lifting weights and being a little more muscular, but not being able to lift has delayed that. And that's right. okay. And I understand it all comes in God's timing. Absolutely. Was, uh, I have to say that's the one thing that I've had to rest upon is God's timing because I it wasn't spoken then, but I could say it now. But the last week before my transplant could have easily been my last week on earth. Yes. Um, and I never, I never stressed about it. Like I, I, I was at peace. I was like, I didn't worry about it because I know worrying just adds to the stress, which the stress then kind of eats you from the inside. So right. I just really learned to like press into my faith, uh, trust in God and his timing. Yes. Uh, without that, I, I don't, I don't see me being successful uh, in the transplant because I definitely know he had a hand in everything. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, and what um, what are some of the most significant changes that you remember having to make in your daily routine before with your ILD versus now that you have your your lung transplant? Um, the whole process of the transplant, the timing, the love and support. Again, I will attribute all to God's love. Uh, his timing and his behind-the-scenes work he does and everyone who had a part in my journey. Uh, when you experience something to this magnitude, uh, you tend to have a slightly different perspective on life. Yes. Um, I'm way more forgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best to live a good life. And it's not just for myself, but for my family, my friends, my loved ones, and especially to honor God and my donor. Yes. I try not to look at the challenges in my life as significant because I know this too shall pass. It's temporary. Absolutely. And it's it's only for a season. I definitely try to see a brighter side to every challenge that comes my way. I love that answer. I love your positive outlook and and how strong you are in your faith. Um, Can you explain the importance of having a good support system when you're facing a disease like ILD that leads to transplant? Having a support system is super important. First and foremost for me was having God in my life and having his word guide me through difficult times. Um, Without loved ones who sacrificed their time, I wouldn't have been able to have such an amazing recovery. Absolutely. Uh, From helping with people bringing food, helping bathe me, learning to walk and breathe fully, uh, people offering words of encouragement, motivation from so many people. Again, all placed ever so lovingly by God. Nothing is coincidental. And I'm always reminded of the grand picture, how our lives are so small when it comes to the however million people that live on this earth, yet always number one in the eyes of God. Yes. Um, What do you think is most important for our listeners that are battling the same disease or similar disease to know? Um, If it's one thing I want to stress to people, especially men, 
Because we can be stubborn when it comes to asking for help or even wanting to see a doctor. Yes. <laughs> Don't be afraid to ask. Sometimes we need to look at a bigger picture and think of the ones who love us and how we can contribute to be of service to them. If that means we need to go see a doctor, do so. Yes. I, wa I want to see my son grow to be a successful man, but I couldn't have done it if I had been stubborn and decided to never see the doctor. Right. I would not be here had it not been for the decision to go. I'm glad you said that. That is so important for, you know, men to know, because I, I feel like, like you said, you know, females, you know, when we need to go to the doctor, I feel like we we go, but men are a little bit more hesitant to go to the doctor. So I'm glad that you, you know, said that about, you know, for men to be more, you know, proactive and in, in going to the doctor. Um, how yeah, like I said, you got you to think of, you know, not just yourself, you right. know, like as a family man, you got to think of your you know, your significant other, your children, even your friends and family, they don't, you're a part of their life. Yes. And, um, you contribute to society in so many ways and you are loved in so many, by so many people and loved in so many different ways that it's important that you uh, maintain a, a, you know, a good quality of health. Absolutely. How optimistic are you now about your future since you have your double lung transplant? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to push the envelope on things like this, but one of the things you will hear from doctors, mainly because they have to give you the grim news as well as the, as well as the facts, mm -hmm. uh, but there's always that possibility you won't survive or will be limited post-transplant to perhaps 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. One thing I've learned is God decides. Not the greatest surgeon, or not the greatest doctor in the world, like I said, God's hand was in everything that touched my transplant. From appointment centers, doctors, nurses, friends, family, loved ones, random people coming into your lives to offer encouragement, all God's work. So take the words given and take it as a challenge. Yes. Take the news and speak positive into existence. Yes. The more you give into that darkness, the more you'll stay in it. Absolutely. But having a support system keeps everyone accounted for. So I'm very confident, and I tell everyone, I'll take your 10 to 15 year challenge uh, and push it to 40, just because <laughs> I know God is good. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to share or or add to today's segment? Um, when my employer, uh, the San Antonio Fire Department, heard about my condition. They had a shirt campaign to help raise funds to help with hospital costs. Mm -hmm. They used one of my favorite passages found in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. The shirt logo um, was iron sharpens iron. As the passage reads, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Having that support system created a family who prayed, who offered meals, who provided transportation, who provided an ear, and most of all, provided love. My transplant success brought hope to those who experienced the journey with me. It brought inspiration. And I cannot express how important that is. And if you need someone, reach out to someone who's experienced and been through this. They may offer a different view, but don't be afraid. Don't let fear consume, consume you. 
fight to live and continue to be of service to your people. Albert, those words mean so much. Um, you know, your story has really just touched me. So I know it's, you know, it's touched others out here listening. Um, it's just beautiful. Um, I, I appreciate you so much for coming on here today with me and allowing me to interview you. Um, it's been so wonderful, you know, talking with you and connecting with you. Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate sharing this. I know that you, this interview really educated and, and it helped a lot of listeners out there. And remember, if you out there have any questions or comments, please email me at thesilentbattle2022 at gmail.com. And always remember, life is tough, but so are you. Everyone have a great rest of the day. Thank you.